The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Will Clegg. Will is a filmmaker and storyteller living in New Jersey. At the end of his junior year of college, Will fell in love for the first time. Unfortunately, they had to spend the summer apart while he was studying abroad in Italy, where a play, a fever, and the girl next door came together to put his first love in jeopardy. Hey, Will, how's it going? Hey, pretty good, you know, considering the uh, quarantine. Yeah, considering we're just locked in our homes. I guess not physically locked, but maybe like emotionally locked in our homes. Yeah, psychologically. Yeah, psychologically locked. Um, yeah, you're my first uh, fully remote. I mean, I guess I've done some of these remote before, but where the circumstances make this have to be what this is. Uh, so I appreciate you doing this with me. Sure. I'm glad I have this podcasting gear at home to do it. So <laughs> yeah, works out. Uh, yeah. What did you want to talk about today? I wanted to talk today about um, my my college girlfriend and the the saga um, of of our relationship. So uh, I'll start at the very beginning. I was um, I was directing a, f- a full length play for the first time ever. I'd done a lot of theater, uh, high school and into college, and. Uh, mostly as an actor, and now I was getting the opportunity to direct a play, and I chose Hurley Burley by David Rabe. I don't know if you're familiar with that or the movie. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so it's about uh, casting agents in Los Angeles in the, uh, in the 80s, and they're all like in their 30s, cocaine addicts, uh, just insane people, right? And we're all like 18, 19, 20 years old trying to play these like 30-year-old coke addicts, and it, it's, it was a not a maybe a smart move of mine to to pick that play right so we're having trouble casting it and uh especially the female lead and we're seeing like terrible audition after terrible audition and finally into the room walks allison and allison is like five feet tall very petite um she's got this long brown hair she's very pretty and and she has this confidence when she walks in the room that all of a sudden i'm just like all right this is this is the girl who's going to play Darlene before she even opened her mouth. Right. And then she does her monologue and she just kills it. Our whole casting team is like, she's the one I'm, you know, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board for that uh, because I'm already like head over heels for her. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to keep things professional because as professional as things can be in like an amateur in a uh, college, you know, college yeah, yeah, play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so even though there's like clearly some sparks flying between us, uh, I, I'm not trying to make any romantic overtures, just doing the rehearsals, getting the show done. And then, uh, and then as soon as the play, you know, goes up, uh, we just like crash into each other immediately and start this, uh, this like amazing relationship. Uh, we're both like just absolutely head over heels in love for the first time ever, I think for both of us. And, uh, and we just quickly become like one of those couples that everybody hates, you know, like we're making out <laughs> at the bar. Uh, we're like calling off plans with friends at the last second to spend more time with each other, even though we already spend like every waking moment together, uh, skipping classes to hang out longer, just <laughs> yeah, like all of it. And we can't get enough of each other. And then, uh, but the problem is like this play went up in April, right? And the college semester ends in May. So we didn't have that much time physically together before the end of the school year. 
And so I was a junior and, uh, and she was a freshman. So she was going back to live with her parents for the summer outside of DC. And I was going to Italy to study for the summer, which is like super exciting. But also like this is before we had cell phones like we barely have email. This is in 2001, right? So, uh, it's going to be hard to stay in touch when I'm in Italy. And, uh, we basically are going to be writing letters to each other, like actual handwritten letters. We can do email. Although I'm not going to have email access except for like the public library in the small town where I'm going to be. And then we can do phone calls, but you know, calling cards are very expensive. So it's just like, we know all this going into it. It's going to suck. And, uh, so I head off in, I guess sometime in June to, to Italy and, and we start, you know, she starts writing me letters and writing her back and it's, it's tough, but like, I know it's only for a finite amount of time. It's seven weeks and I'm going to be in Italy. Yeah. And at this point you're also at like the height of your kind of like yeah, passion yeah. for each other, like, right? Like, like the, it just started in the honeymoon and you're just phase. like coming out the gate hot. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And, uh, and then before I went to Italy, even she came down to North Carolina where I'm from and we went to the beach uh, together for a week with some friends of mine for my 21st birthday. I mean, we were like we were in it, you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, then it's just cut off basically. <laughs> so, so I'm in Italy and I'm doing this play and it's this, uh, it's this amazing experience where I'm performing a play in Italian an antiquated Italian actually in the castle where the, this epic poem that the play was based on was written in the 1500s. I mean, it's wow. like, yeah, it's magical. And uh, I'm living with an elderly couple who like, you know, take <laughs> us on for the summer to like, get extra money or whatever. Like they're retired, you know, but they cook us meals, like home cooked Italian meals. They don't speak any English. So I'm speaking Italian with them all the time. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's just an incredible experience. And, uh, and there's all these Italian people in the town who are also in the play with us. We have native speakers with us. We're making friends who are like around our age. They're mostly like middle twenties. And, uh, I mean, you know, having an amazing time, same time, really missing Allison a lot. And, uh, as we get to the, to the end of our time there, we perform the play, um, in the, in the courtyard of this castle. Then we go down to Southern Italy. It's like the heel of the boot. Okay. Somewhere near um, Bari, it's this little tiny town called uh, Vico del Gargano, right? A little beach town, and we're going to do the play. I think three more times there. So this is already like much more professional than your college play. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I get there, I start feeling ill, and uh, like I get a fever, feeling very weak, and um, I don't really understand like what's going on with me. I'm actually living with another family there. The guy's a doctor. He's not too worried about it because my fever is not like super high. I'm still able like to perform in the play, but it's just, it's kind of wearing me down. And, uh, and during all this, I've become really good friends with, uh, with a few of the townspeople who are in the play. And in particular, um, literally the, the girl next door lived next door to the elderly couple that I was staying with. Uh, her name is Elena and her sister is Sylvia. And, uh, and they're like kind of helping to take care of me. Um, you know, talking to the doctor who doesn't speak any English at all. Um, cause I don't, I don't, I know Italian, but I don't know any like medical terms. So yeah, <laughs> you know, part yeah. Of your training. yeah, like some <laughs> translation helps, you know, and, uh, and I've become like really close with these two and in particular Elena and she's, uh, she's 25. She's, uh, still living with her parents while she's studying and, and she's really very, very attractive as well. And, uh, a lot of the guys, like the American guys who are with us are all like very interested in her, but she's like, you know, not interested in any of these American kids, right? The last few nights that we're in uh, Vico, 
I'm staying up like half the night fever, you know, feeling crazy. And, uh, and Elena's always there, like kind of taking care of me. And we was just like, I, I can tell we're like kind of falling for each other, but at the same time, I still have all these feelings for Allison and, uh, and I don't want to like have anything to do with it. I don't want to like complicate my romantic life at all, especially since I'm going home, like in like five days. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then one night, like I just tell Elena all this and then she kisses me. Oh man. <laughs> and, and I just, I'm like, I'm out of my mind at this point, like with a fever missing Allison. Now Elena's like kissing me. And I just, I, I you know, I, I kind of break at that point. And, uh, and then the next day I'm going to Rome. I'd always planned to go to Rome for a few days before I went back to the States. I was just going to go by myself. Then one of my buddies from college was going to meet me there and hang out for a few days, but I'm still like pretty sick. And so as I'm getting off the bus, everybody else is going back to the North of Italy where we were um, originally staying. As I'm getting off the bus there, Elena decides she's going to, she's going to stay with me to make sure I'm okay. You know, in quotes. Um, and uh, so now she's coming to Rome with you. Now she's coming to Rome with me. And uh, now I haven't talked to Allison for like several days because I know like I've, you know, I've already kind of like screwed up and it seems like I'm just getting in deeper here with Elena and, uh, and, and it just becomes this like full on affair. Once we get to Rome, we're staying in this like dingy motel room right by the train station. Like the kind of place that doesn't have like any artwork on the walls. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like a coat of like that, like off white paint and that's it. And, uh, and it's like two twin beds that are pushed together kind of hotel. And, uh, and, and yeah, we're just, now we're having like a full on affair and, my friend um, Avidan, he shows up. He's been traveling Europe all summer. He shows up. He has no idea what's going on with me. And he finds me like feverish with this Italian woman. And, and like all the time, I'm like, if I'm sick, like why does she even want to be around me? You know? And uh, yeah, it's like you're the least, <laughs> you're the least like attractive at this point of just right, being like, right. I am barely functioning. I can't enjoy anything. I have to stay on my two twin beds pushed together most of the day. And I'm sweating through the sheets at night too, you know, from the fever. I mean, it's disgusting really, but I think it's become sort of almost like this nurse patient relationship. Yeah. It's a real like Florence Nightingale. That's the correct yeah. term, right? I'm not ref- incorrectly referencing. Yeah. That. Yeah. That yeah. It's a um, real thing. Like uh, a farewell to arms comes to mind. The Hemingway book. There's a, there was yeah, a, yeah. there was a movie. Um, I can't remember what the English title of it is. Cause the Italian title was like not a translation of the English title. Um, but she kept saying like referencing it. I had no idea what it was, but it, it was about this guy who's like dying of typhoid fever in the desert. It's called, it's called Te nel deserto in Italian, like tea in the desert. I can't remember the English title off the top of my head. Tea now, in but, the desert. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I guess like you're kind of like half, like, is this a fever dream? Yeah. Like, are you, oh yeah. Is your like sense of reality kind of like, what is, what is going on? And she's telling me that she thinks that I'm just, it's all in my head that I'm just sick. Cause I miss Allison. And she's telling me this like, why, while we're having, Oh my this God, affair. that is so, Oh God. Yeah. So, uh, so we do go to the hospital in Rome and, uh, and I get checked out there and, and they can't like find anything like, you know, obviously wrong with me besides like, I definitely have a very high fever. And so they're just like, I don't know, just go home and sweat it out, I guess, you know, take some stuff to, to bring the fever down. And, uh, so Avidan shows up, he's like, his mind is blown because he just, he thinks I'm still with Allison, which I technically am, you know, but, um, he's, yeah, there's, yeah, it's like, you can't really, it's hard to have that conversation yeah. at that point, you know, yeah. you're still like half just trying to stay alive. 
not like that level of but you're like yeah you're dealing with this sickness as well as you're dealing with this weird affair thing and then you have like no way of actually being in quick contact with the person you're dating back home right and she i mean by now like she's like trying to call me and when i talk to her it's like just very very yeah you like you don't know how to talk to her yeah no i mean i know i can't tell her this stuff over the phone from italy but uh uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And then, uh, and now, but like, I have like all these feelings for Elena as well that I'm very confused about. And I have to leave. I have to leave and go back to the States. So I got to say goodbye to her. I have no idea if I'm ever even going to see her again. <laughs> and uh, so I'm torn up about that as well. And and I fly back to North Carolina. And I get back and like, I'm starting to feel better a little bit. Like physically, I still have a little fever, but I've got some strength back at, at least. And and, uh, and my dad is a physician. He takes me to get checked out. They do these scans. And uh, I had like a little bit of, this is almost 20 years ago now. I think it was like a little bit of an enlarged spleen. And uh, because I was already feeling better, they thought, you know, I could have I could have had typhoid fever, basically. Wow. But they couldn't diagnose me with anything because it was like, it was too far gone. You know, and I, yeah, I, you I didn't like get like. Yeah, you would like the worst of it if right, you hadn't had it. Right. And they didn't do any like serious scans in Italy or anything like that. So. So now I'm just like, okay, well, I, I survived, so that's great. But now I got to call Allison. Yeah. So I'm not the sort of person who would just try to like pretend like this didn't happen. Uh, yeah, like at this point, you it feels like it's this thing that you're you're sick and kind of dealing with a lot of that, but it also feels like you're dealing with a lot of shame and and trying to figure out like how to deal with this thing of this person that you've fallen in love with and how to talk to her about this thing. Yeah. And I've never, never cheated before. You know, I, I don't even know, like I have no reference for like what I'm supposed to be feeling or like, I know people who have cheated and, and hid it from their partners and then, you know, almost always like blows up in their face. Right. But it, like that just didn't even occur to me as an option. Like I wasn't going to do that no matter what. Yeah. The moment it happened, you're like, Oh God, now I have to like have this conversation at some yeah, point. Absolutely. And just like compounded all the stuff that I was experiencing. So, so I call Allison and I, I just tell her, like straight up what happened. Right. And she knows, like she knows something's going on by now because I've barely talked to her for the last week and, and I've been like all messed up with the illness and everything. And so like, it's not totally far fetched for her at this point, but at the same time, like she's like beyond devastated. I mean, she's 19 years old and, uh, and I mean, we like really truly fell in love, you know, and now two months, three months later, I'm, I'm telling her that it's over and she, she was crying so hard. She was in the car when I called her and, uh, and she had to pull over cause she couldn't see cause she was crying so hard. And, uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. I guess I just never could anticipate like how bad it was going to be. So, so we have that conversation and at the end of it, uh, she still wants to stay together though. Yeah, because in your mind, you were like, I'm going to call her and tell her this, and there's no way that we'll be able to like stay together. There's no way she'll want to be with me. I don't feel like we should be together, that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that was like, it didn't even occur to me that she might want to stay together, but yeah. she's like, I want to stay together. And I'm like, no, you know, we can't. I mean, I've just, I've just ruined this. Yeah, like you have no sense of how to like come back from this line you've crossed, basically. Right. No idea. No idea. And, uh, and so I just, I, I kind of put my foot down about that. I'm like, you know, like we, we can't continue this. Like I've, I've poisoned it basically forever. I'm sorry. And then we leave it like that. 
and it's just like, you know, now I'm a wreck for like the next couple of weeks, uh, barely leaving my room, even though I'm physically better now, I'm just emotionally like just destroyed. And, uh, and at the same time, like Elena's calling me and, and we're still oh, chatting. Oh man. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's like, she's, she's there like more for like support, I guess. Cause she's the only one who's known the whole story the whole time. Right. It's like, she always knew about Allison and how hard all this was for me. And so now she's like, I don't know, acting more like just like a good friend, I guess. Yeah. This is, a, yeah, it's such a strange role that she has taken on in every step of this process, which you're like, yeah, oh, this doesn't make sense. Why? Okay. Okay. I guess now you're here to try to help me through this. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she had, I forgot about this part too. She had like a, sort of boyfriend like it wasn't serious you know but like a guy that she was seeing at the time okay and uh and now she's like broken that off with him i mean or he's broken it off with her really once he found out about everything too and uh and so like there was just like a lot at stake for both of us and now we just feel like i don't know i guess maybe we'll see what this is gonna be between the two of us and uh even though she's she's in italy and i'm going back to new york well this i guess this is the only thing that feels like it could work out because I've ruined this other thing. So maybe right. this is what this was supposed to be the whole time. But at the same time, yeah, she's in Italy and you have no sense of really how this is going to work. Yeah. I mean, she has no like job, no, uh, she's still in school. You know, she doesn't have any savings. Like she's not moving to New York. I'm certainly not moving to Italy. Like there's no hope of any of that. Right. So, yeah. And it also feels like the part, there's the part of you that doesn't really want to pursue this thing. It's more like you're kind of still broken up about everything with Allison and you're just not sure if this is, I guess you're, yeah, being 21, you're just kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my feelings next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing is I'm 21 years old and uh, I've never had any feelings like this before at all, let alone in this kind of complexity. So I'm just, I'm lost at this point. And, uh, and so, uh, I, I go back to New York for the fall semester and, um, I get the, you know, like just before labor day and our classes start just after labor day. And that Tuesday of the first week of classes is nine eleven. Oh yeah. So. And are you, are you going to school in New York? Yeah. You- yeah. I mean, I'm in Manhattan and, uh, oh, geez. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that just obviously changes everything about the whole world, right? Just turns it all upside down. And I guess one of the things it did right away was just, uh, it made me think about who's most important in my life. Right. And like, I'm, I miss my family terribly. I'm wondering if I've made a terrible decision even to be this far away from them just for school. And then, uh, and like beyond that, it's like, it's Allison. Allison's the first person I think of immediately. Um, yeah. So that thing where like, you've been having this whole, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now. It doesn't feel like I'm supposed to be with this person that I cheated on. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this person that I cheated on them with. And in that moment, you're very clearly seeing that like, these are where my feelings are. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, Elena and I have been talking about the potential of her moving to New York all of a sudden. Right. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm trying to like work out in my head, like, how's that? I mean, I live, I live in a dorm, you know, with a roommate and, uh, yeah. Like, how, yeah, how's that going to really work? Have like a life together. In no, New York, no. That would be... but she's like, it's fine. I'm going to, I'll stay with you for a little while till I find a job. Then I'll get my own place and then we'll, we'll work it out. 
And I, I was still in that like sort of just shock mode of like, sure, what like whatever. We'll yeah, we'll you make truly it work, don't whatever. know how to process anything right now right. because of not only the state of urine, but the state that the world is in at the moment. Right. So this so when nine eleven happens, like all that just like fell away, and yeah. I realized like how totally insane that whole plant was. Uh, and, and even though I really I did I mean I you know I still do care about Elena, um, that was just nonsense, right? And I knew that I cared about Allison a lot more. And also she was, you know, a few hundred yards away, like in another dorm. And so I called her. And are you two her. talking at all at this no, point? No, 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 no. I mean, it's like, I was going to say it's toxic, but it's not toxic because we're just not talking. I mean, we're just. Yeah, the whole thing you know. just kind of cut off after that phone conversation. Yeah, I'd seen her once before uh, before the attacks, like when we were still moving in and stuff and like across the street and like she kind of waved and I kind of waved and it was just, it, you know, there's, I mean, there's just nothing to say really, I guess. Yeah. So, so I call her up a couple of days after 9-11 and I, and I just tell her all of this basically. She didn't have all a lot of the details of what had been happening, um, even who this woman Elena was, and uh, and I just kind of spilled my guts about all of it, like in detail, and and how I was feeling and how I'm feeling now, and she just is like, I'm coming over, I'm coming, over. you know, hangs up and comes over to my dorm, and we just sit up the whole night talking until dawn, and then uh, and we decide, you know, we're gonna. We're going to get back together. It's going to be ugly, we know, and uh, we don't know how it's going to work, but we, we want to both, we want to try and make it work. So we do, we get back together. And I call Elena and I tell her, you know, not to, yeah, like, don't not move to come to New, to New York. <laughs> but she like, she anticipated it, like in my voice, I think even before I said it, you know, she says, so, so I shouldn't come to New York. And I'm like, no, no, you shouldn't come, you know, and. And she was like, okay, okay, I understand, I understand. And she hung up, and then uh, I never talked to her again. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was you know, 18 and a half years ago. And, uh, and so then Allison and I, like, tried to, tried to work it out, but uh, it just didn't work out because I was right about having poisoned it. And, uh, and it was, I mean, it was just toxic from day one yeah. after that yeah was it i mean so i definitely so when i was it was right i was right around the same age where i was 19 uh my first girlfriend that i met when i was 18 freshman year of college she was two years older than me and we had really great like six months of dating and then things started to kind of like come off fall apart a little bit and like right when we were coming up to like a year of dating um we broke up and it was something that I definitely initiated, but it was not like, I don't think it was like out of the order. You know, she didn't see it, not see it coming. Cause it was just like, we weren't, nothing was going well. Uh, but the, the thing that was stupid on my part about it was uh, it was like, we had been dating kind of long distance the whole year. Cause we were, uh, our colleges were two hours away from each other. And we had met working at a summer camp and I broke up with her right at the beginning of us working at the summer camp again, the following summer. Oh man. And it was just like, so now I had to see this person every day, multiple times a day. Uh, when we were like, oh, this is going to be great. It's finally, we're finally going to be together again and get to spend this whole summer together. And I just like totally kind of ruined that possibility. Um, 
And then I think both of us kind of coped with it being like, well, this is miserable. Like we have to see each other all the time. So we both started kind of like seeing other people that worked at this camp. Which was a disaster. Like everything about this is a disaster, and it just gets <laughs> yeah, like worse and worse. More but what happened to me was the person that I started seeing it kind of like very clearly be. And this is like not a good. I this was not a good way to figure this out. But like being with that person very clearly made me realize that like I still had feelings for that person that I had been dating and fall in love with and all this stuff. And then it was like trying to go back and have that conversation and like fix things. It was like an unfixable situation. And we did end up like trying to get back together. But it was it was just I felt like too much had been kind of ruined. And I have to imagine it's a very similar like they feel like similar kind of scenarios you're going back into where. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing is that Allison and I tried to stay together for the next 18 months after that. Oh, that's a long time. Like we we were broken yeah. up by like October or something. Like it was we got together after the summer, October. Eighteen months is a long time. Yeah, it was my whole senior year, um, and it was it was rocky. You know, right from the start. I went to her uh, family, um, her uncle's house for Thanksgiving. Like two months after that, and like, I've never been in a room before where just like, everybody hates me so much. Yeah, because everyone knows the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to take the train home early that night. Like, I couldn't even stay the night. I mean, oh, my bad. God. That sounds so bad. And then, like, so we'd break up, you know, and then we'd make up and get back together. And then yeah. we'd break up again. Yeah. It was just, like, cycle for, for so long. And I graduated. I moved to the East Village. She was still in school, like, Upper West Side. And then uh, and we kept it going, like, throughout most of that year as well. And then finally, like, mercifully, she ended it for good in April of 2003. And, uh, and I mean, I was like, just, I don't know, what's a word beyond destroyed at that point? Like, and, and at the same time, my, both of my grandfathers had just passed away, like within six oh, months man. of each other. And then I had my first job ever after graduating, it was a one year contract. And then it ended right after she broke up with me. And, uh, so Jeez. I was, just, yeah, I was, I was just worthless human at that point psychologically destroyed yeah and i mean especially the relationship like it's you know that's already a hard scenario that you're going into at the age you're going into being like your first love and yeah for you to to try to make that work for 18 months is a long like that's gotta be emotionally pretty taxing as good as as good as i'm sure it was at times yeah you're constantly trying to like feed this fire so it won't die i guess when it's like being rained on a yeah, lot. It's and barely it's, embers uh, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, yeah, it's just like emotionally exhausting as much as it is. I don't know. Any, everything else you got going on. It's like, yeah. to just try to, yeah, make that work. And then to have it end has got to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in the context of like that post nine 11 economy where it was like impossible to find a job. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's just weird. Yeah. Super weird. you constantly feel under threat. You know, I never really even processed that. I mean, I've only realized in the last few years, never really processed the trauma of being in Manhattan on 9-11 until, you know, 15 years later, because I was so wrapped up in all the relationship stuff at the same time. And uh, yeah, yeah. Like you were running an entirely separate like world, even though it was totally parallel. Yeah. Like you weren't able to separate the two things until like, yeah, I guess after the fact. Yeah. Long after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So after all that, I ended up moving back to North Carolina, just kind of broken and looking to restart my life. I moved in with my parents and uh, I did all these things to try to forget about Allison, but like everything I did, 
just made me think of her more. Like I wrote a movie about, uh, our, you know, our breakup. And then I wrote a feature length movie and, and made it. That was like, oh my uh, God. it was a character like kind of based on her and the other characters are like named after her friends. I mean, just like I was trying to process it through art, but it, like everything I did just, uh, just made me dwell on it even further. And, uh, and it took me like six years to really fully get over it, even though we were only together for like less than two, you know, in the end. Yeah. And I guess it feels like part of that is that first love thing. And, and I, yeah, I remember I went to that, like kind of, we broke up, got back together, back off mess. Yeah. It probably took me at least like we had dated a, a, a year, a little over a year. And it probably like, it was probably two years before I went on like a legitimate date with somebody else again. Like it was, it messed me up a little bit. Um, but it's like, I, the thing I was going to ask you is like, do you, I know you kind of like were working on all this art and sort of processing this without fully processing it. Like at that point when you guys broke up, was there a part of you, was all of you like, Oh, I thought this was going to be it. Or was part of you like, I know this can't work, but it also kills me that like how, how were you feeling at that time? Did it feel like this was supposed to be the thing or was it that you accepted it, but you didn't accept it in the emotional side of things? I think I felt like, like, you know, everybody gets like one chance at a relationship like that. And I just ruined mine. And that's yeah. partially probably cause like my parents got together when they were in high school, like they were high school sweethearts, you know, and, uh, and that's just like been my model for life. And my brother and his high school sweetheart were still together and like, they were like, you know, planning a wedding at some point. And like, it's just like, it just felt like I'd had my one big chance and I totally screwed it up by not recognizing it. Yeah. And like this was supposed to be your thing that, that you wrote out and it didn't work out. And now you didn't know like what the next step was supposed to be. Yeah. Like I, I, I still tried to date, you know, I would date other women, but they would often, like have some specific characteristics, you know, that, that reminded me of Allison. So I'd be look, look, looking for pieces of Allison in every yeah. woman that I wanted to date. And, uh, and I just, I never really got over it until, um, I met my wife in 2009. And, uh, and even then I, I it was still, you know, had given up at that point. And when we first met, we were just friends for, for a while. We we're both dating other people. And uh, even though we like definitely had an attraction, like I was, <laughs> I was never going to cheat on it. Yeah. You were not going again. down that path. <laughs> yeah. <again. laughs> so like, uh, even though the relationship I was in, I like, I clearly wasn't really going anywhere. I didn't want to have any kind of, uh, complexity like that ever again in my life. So eventually when we both became single and we started dating, like I, I did have a lot of those same feelings again. I mean, they weren't the same. They were different as a different woman, obviously, but, uh, but it felt good like that again. Like I didn't know I could feel good like that again. Yeah. Like I'm the like, way that you and Allison kind of started and everything right. was feeling where it was, you were like, Oh, I can feel this type of feeling with somebody else. And I didn't know that was possible. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and then after dating Carrie, uh, for about a year, like I just kind of like looked up one day and I saw that it was, it was Allison's birthday on my calendar. And I realized like, I haven't, I haven't thought about Allison in a year like since her last birthday and I realized like I guess you know I must have forgiven myself somewhere along the way <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and there I wasn't an okay active now. moment but it was like there really oh, yeah, wasn't. I guess I mean it just took a lot of time and a lot of like processing but uh 
And I guess, and falling in love again, seeing that it was possible again, that that's what it took for me to really forgive myself for it. And, uh, and now, yeah, now I'm happily married. So great. And me and Allison are friends. <laughs> yeah. You were maybe, able to maybe like not after she around. hears this podcast. I don't know, but, um, no, I've told this story at the moth before and I, I sent it to her just to say like, Hey, I shared this with a room full of strangers. So I figured I should at least share it with you. Even though you, you know, you lived it. I know you know it, but <laughs> But I'm sure there's parts of it that I'm that I'm saying now that I never really said to her, uh, either because I hadn't fully processed them then, or I just you know didn't have the courage to. So it was nice to be able to share it with her, and uh, and we are still friends. Although I've still never ever spoken to Elena again. <laughs> I did. I tried to like sort of search for her years later, just to like I don't know, just like peace of mind, like know she's okay or something, you know. But uh, there are a lot of people with her like first and last name in Italy, even in that region. Yeah. I, I just never, I never found her. I don't know. So I hope she's she'll okay just like be somewhere. in New York one day and she'll have found somebody else that she moved to the city to be with. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I hope she's doing okay wherever she is. <laughs> yeah. That's oh man. That's great. What a, what a journey. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad it all worked out in the end. Not with Allison. Well, like sort of with Allison in the yeah, best no, way we're that good. it can be. We're good. Yeah. And she, she lives with her husband and they have two beautiful little girls and like she's doing great. So that's, yeah. that's great. And you're, yeah, it's yeah. like everyone kind of, even though it didn't work out in that way, it all worked out in the way that it feels good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Took, took a while for me, but I'm feeling good now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the, yeah, the, 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 the steps to take to get to a place to be like okay, like I'm okay with this and this will be fine. And yeah, I guess like, yeah, as you said, to like forgive yourself a little bit. Uh, it's a, it's it's like a hard step that you don't realize you probably need to get to at times to like be in a better place to find somebody. But it ends up being, yeah, like a big part of that journey, I feel like. Yeah, self-forgiveness is the hardest thing, I think. Uh, but I'm glad I got there finally. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I know that I know you might not have like a lot going on right now in terms of things to plug, but I think you did just post something today about your, uh, that show that you did at, at Frigid. Like if people want to find out more about things you got going on, is there anything you want to plug or if they can follow you online or whatever? Yeah, they can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is the underscore W Z a. Cause I, used to be and still am a big Wu-Tang fan. Um, but uh, we, we did a show, that, the one you're talking about, at Frigid, New York, not too long ago, called Awkward Teenage Years, me and um, and two other storytellers that we both know. And, uh, and now we have it as a part of this online festival that Scranton Fringe is running called uh, Social Distant Scene. And uh, yeah, it's available for, so we have a, like an HD recording of the show that we did at Frigid, available now for $5 to view as part of this Scranton fringe thing. And hopefully we're going to start doing, uh, an online video storytelling show with awkward teenage years, uh, you know, hopefully in the next week or two. So, you know, we'd love to have you on tell a story sometime if you got I mean, any good God, awkward teen stories. stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thanks so much again for sharing and, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for being and for doing this. Sure. My pleasure. This is how we love, this is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. 
Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.